0: Thank you, Lord. Father, we make room today. And when we say make room, we're not saying we're just going to scoot over a little bit uh, to, to let some of you in. But God, my prayer today is that we would empty ourselves so that we are completely full of you. And that you reign unrivaled and unchallenged on the throne of our heart. Because when we do that, you'll shake up ground and you'll tear down walls. And I speak that prophetically over this church today in Jesus' name, that he is tearing down your walls. He is shaking the foundation so that everything that is not of God will be shaken off. And only that which is firm will remain so that you can step completely into your healing and into your freedom because Jesus paid it all. He didn't pay for some of it. He paid for all of it. He didn't pay so that you could kind of be free, but who the Sun sets free is free indeed. He paid for it all. And so Father, right now, we lay ourselves down. Not just less of me and more of you, but none of me and all of you, Father God. Let there be a divine exchange that takes place today. Bring, our pla- bring us to a place of surrender so that you can do the inner work that only you can do. And we thank you for that, Father, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with that, say amen. Go ahead, you may be seated. Thank you so much, worship team, for your ministry today. And welcome, Fountain. It's, it's exciting to be here with you today. It's exciting to have a full house in July. Um, That's fantastic, and um, uh, in just a moment, uh, you're going to hear a story and a testimony uh, by Joseph. Let me see if I'm saying his last name right, Vindiola. Boom, perfecto, he says. It's not Italian, is it? (laughs) Joseph Vindiola. Now, Joseph, uh, I first met Joseph when he was invited by Rochelle to come and um, helped lead at a worship night that we hosted here. And I remember um, they were practicing and I heard this voice come from the, from the speakers and I turned around and I was like, who's the dude with the hair and the voice? Immediately I recognized God's gifting upon his life and, and immediately I recognized the anointing. Uh, That God has upon this man's life and he has become so much more than that to me today. He is a brother We just completed rooted together and uh, this man I love with all of my heart I feel like I've known him forever And um, and that's the thing about rooted. It's something that can happen in rooted is we just come into these real Intimate moments and and we're able just to get to know each other on such a deep level in such a short amount of time This man has blessed me Uh, He has encouraged me, and what you're going to find out this morning is not only is he a worship leader, but this man is a preacher, and God has gifted him with a a prophetic voice. God has gifted him uh, with uh, a a communication gifting, and um, he's going to bless us today. Would you welcome Joseph as he comes to the stage? Love you, brother. That microphone is for you, sir. Okay, come and have a seat. We're going to do this interview style. Sorry, I have to have the right side.
1: I don't <laughs> I know what it is. That, I think that's it's, all right.
0: I think it's from my marriage. Good morning, um, everybody. My wife won't even walk on my right side, so I think she's trained me. Yeah, I know. She's, she's like, why are you telling them that, Joe? She's probably watching online right now, and she's like, why are you telling them that? But she won't. like If I, if I come up to her and approach her from her left, yeah. then she has to move over to the other side, so... <laughs> Just a, just another useless piece of trivia for you this morning. And uh, so, um, first of all, thank you, Joseph, for Glad being be here, here with us today Amen. and for be willing, being willing to share your story. And um, man, something I said to Joseph this morning is um, there's literally no pressure on him because God has already done the work and uh, just simply recounting what God has done is just going to be so powerful today. And you guys are in for such a treat and um, this morning when I was praying, I just want to kind of introduce his testimony this way. Um, I, was, I was in the prayer closet. That's my regular routine is before any of you are here. Um, I get here often before the sun rises, except in the summertime because it rises so early. And I'm in there praying, and a song comes on, and they're just repeating this line over and over again. There is no chain this love can't break. There is no chain this love can't break. And... I thought, wow, what a timely uh, phrase for us today. uh, Because this is what we're about to hear. That there is no chain that the love of Jesus Christ can't break. And what I believe God was showing me is that oftentimes, even believers, we are uh, living in bondage and it's because of fear. It comes down to fear. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Why? Because when you understand the perfect love of Christ, you understand that even when your circumstances change, he's got you. And it's all going to work together for our good. And so when Christians stop responding in love, so let's look at this on the flip side, right? Sometimes Christians, we don't respond to sinners, right? We don't respond to the unchurched in love. And a lot of times it's because fear takes over. And that's when a Christian can come across as angry, When a Christian can come across as as hateful. Some of those titles aren't fair that are thrown upon us. Some of those labels aren't fair. Sometimes we earn them. And often it's because fear takes over. But if we had perfect love, we would not be intimidated by the darkness around us because we would have confidence in the light that is within us. And see, when Jesus came into contact with darkness, he turned it into light. When Jesus came into contact with someone who was unclean, they were made clean. Jesus was not corrupted because he came into contact with that person. I know this is for somebody. I think sometimes we forget how powerful a weapon the love of Jesus is. And because we don't think it's enough, we try to step in on our own and compensate for it. God's going to tear down that lie today in many of our lives today. Many times, again, believers remain in bondage because deep down they're afraid. They're afraid they're missing out on something good that life has to offer. And it takes us all the way back to to Eve in the garden with the serpent. Is that she thought, man, that fruit looks really good. I've got a whole garden full of every fruit I could want. But what if there's something there that I'm not missing? And so there was fear that she was missing out. There was fear that she couldn't trust that God was good. And we know what the result of that was. Sometimes we remain in bondage because we're afraid we simply can't walk out in freedom. And so we're afraid, if I repent now, I know I'm just gonna mess it up again. So I'm just not ready to repent now. And so we, we hang on to those things that have us bound because of fear. And so instead of transforming our lives by renewing our mind, as it says in Romans, we conform ourselves to the world. And what we do is we try to conform God to ourselves. And we're living in a generation right now that's trying to fit God in their comfortable box because they're afraid of the God that they do not know. They create for themselves God. And it's idolatry in the mind because they're afraid of the God that they do not know. When in reality, uh, we're supposed to take his word and let it transform us into uh, being Christ-like, but instead we say, um, we're going to reinterpret the word, or we're going to only going to apply part of the word to our lives um, so that we can create a God for ourselves, and we've created that golden calf, And I believe that's something that God wants to strip away today. As you hear uh, this story from this man and the honesty, what what you're going to find is a story of a man that the only reason why he's sitting up here today and is experiencing freedom is because he received a a revelation of who God really is, right? He received a a revelation of what the love of God truly is. And so my prayer is that through his story this morning, God's going to reveal himself and his love to you in a way that transformed what was conformed. It's now going to be transformed into new life in Christ. And so right now, Father, I just bind all fear and every spirit of fear in this place. And Father, let us know that we can trust you with the most vulnerable areas of our hearts, with the darkest secrets that we carry, that we can step out of the shadows and into the light, and we don't need to be afraid because of what you accomplished on the cross. We thank you for the freedom that's gonna take place in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Don't you love God? Isn't he good? Has he been good to you this morning? Is there any reason that he's... That any, for any reason or anything that he's done in your life this morning for you to give him praise? Will you praise him with me this Amen. morning real quick? Father, we love you had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Where would we be today? Amen. I want to first share with you the basis of my love story. And that's Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced this morning that neither death nor life... Neither angels nor demons, neither the present or future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, it all starts in 1975. I was born to a Hispanic mother. Um, In 1975, you don't have children out of wedlock. It was not acceptable; was in a social norm. I grew up in a very poverty-stricken, um, very conservative Hispanic community with a heteronormative uh, social construct. In that date and time frame, um, you did not speak about homosexuality. You did not speak about drugs, or it was just a very um, set set of um, you know, standards that we had lived by. And if you were any of those things or things that just weren't accepted in that, in that day and time frame, you were ostracized from the neighborhood. So when I was conceived, Pastor Joe, um, uh, my mother had given the news to my biofather, and he was a drug addict for 30 years, intravenous drugs, and was very hard at um, construction work. And so they had decided that it just wasn't acceptable to have me. And so um, he had given her the money at the time to go uh, get a, an abortion. And so the next day she gets up, gets on the bus, and goes to the abortion clinic to have me aborted. And she was $5 short of that happening. And in that day and time, you just don't do this, but the woman that was across, the, 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 the clinician lady, she, she reached over and said, Child... You were supposed to have that child. And so my mom tells me that she walked out of there with the fear of God, and here I am. Wow. So from day one, (laughs) even before day one, the enemy was after my life. Uh, So that's the story. But, no, I grew up in that neighborhood. And you call that, hold
0: on, I like the title. What do you call that? Your? Oh, so (laughs) there is um, a
1: book. We'll get to this later, but not into so much detail, but I'm writing a book, and the title is called Five Dollar Miracle, based on on. mine and my family's life, so we're so glad to to have you hear this today. That's
0: awesome. (laughs) So is it okay if I just keep interrupting you as we go? Absolutely. I want you to. Um, So talk to us a little bit about what that $5 miracle um, speaks about your value and about God's hand upon your life, what that, what that says to you? Just oh my God, it, it says
1: so much to me. It speaks to God's providence and his love, right? I mean, he, the enemy knew something great had to, have been, had to have come from whatever that seed was in my mama, which is me. But you know, it, it, me, it means the depth of God's love, that he'll go to great depths. He'll go to great heights, right? There's nothing that he won't do to reach us. And so even before... I came to the planet, God was already reaching for my heart. Yeah, and so, so that's good. the depth of what, what, what we're writing right now. And God's got such favor upon this writing. It's just yeah. uh, so exciting. So let's get into it. So by the time I was 12 to 13, there were several events, major events, that began to occur simultaneously. I might come to the age of of understanding that my father, my stepfather, uh, was not a drug dealer, he was a drug lord uh, with the cartel from Mexico. And so that reign took place for 25 years almost. I mean, we'll get into details there. So I began to understand that at that age. I was also molested by my brother's older friends for a time, and that began a whirlwind of these internal thoughts and belief systems like oh this must happen to boys because it was taboo to talk about it we didn't have sex ed it wasn't something that our parents grew us up in in that knowledge and i kept that bottled in for so many years that would eventually and you'll learn this in time to come really profoundly affected my life wow the third one is that i was saved god had come to my house we had a man a minister that came to our house one day and i was coming home from playing ball with the boys at the park, and I hear this this guy in the background talking to my parents, ministering to them about this Jesus. And I, I remember so vividly, I, was, I opened the, the, the refrigerator door in the kitchen to, to take a drink of milk, and he invited my parents to know this Jesus. And I, could, I had no, I think God bamboozled me, if you will. But no, I, I, without, wor- without even this under- thought, oh, I want to know him. <laughs> you know, I, I want to know this Jesus. Yeah. And so from there, this great path, God began to take me out of this hell that I was in within my family walls. And so um, going into high school, those things began to kind of manifest a little bit. But I remember when I came here, so I I joined this church from 92 to 98, and that's where God really began to breathe life into into, into me. Got to go to Guatemala for two years, and then after high school, I had this great opportunity to travel professionally, singing with a professional tour group, traveled the country for two and a half years, which was a great experience, right? But it was when I got back home that I began to fall. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Went into business with my family, put put a paraphernalia shop in my name, and began to operate the business with my stepdad. So this is where things kind of take a really dramatic turn. So because of that, and consequently for, for that fall, I, I began to fall into drug addiction, really deep drug addiction. I um, was involved in two separate um, forms of witchcraft that I didn't even know I was at the time. Wow. Okay, so it gets really deep, but we'll just keep it PG this morning. But yeah, so um, that occurred, and then... Um, I remember toward the end of my dad's reign, if you will, um, we had, can I say this? We had um, real demonic right.
0: yeah. Um, yeah.
1: entities walking into my home, into yeah. our home, to deal with him. Um, I, I don't know if you, if you can understand, but let me kind of explain to you the hierarchy of how things go. Um, there's a drug dealer, right, that kind of deals to your neighborhood, but then there's another entity, whole other um, a hierarchy of, yeah. of, de- of demonic activity wow. where he was involved in, and he was a drug lord. So he dealt to all of Glendale and half of Phoenix. Right. So my growing up experience was the people that he dealt to, and that was the upper echelon, of society, I didn't see or grow up with the local drug addict or, or, or get to see the streets the way that that it, that it is today. I had the perspective that he dealt to, the, the echelon that he dealt to, were people like top executives, white-collar judges, lawyers, doctors, uh, police officers, people that had drug addictions, Pastor, but right. they were just hidden for 30 years. They yes. were just very... Uh, able to work within society construct with a drug addiction. So that was my experience growing up at home. Wow. Yeah. Um, so where are we at now? Any questions yeah. so far? <laughs> wow. That's a lot. I bet you guys got some questions We got some there. stuff going on. Yeah.
0: Um, I guess at what point did you realize that just the level of darkness that you were that you were like surrounded in growing up in that home was it not till you looked back or was there like a moment where God just kind of shed some light on that
1: I didn't know the magnitude of of what he was into because he what he did do for the family was keep all that mess from us yeah I didn't have a a necessarily chaotic upbringing he he kept all that mess away from the home, and he dealt away from the home. Right. Uh, but the darkness that he brought with him right. uh, were things such as we had to bow in his presence. Wow. He had so much power. Um, he could move and shift things wow. with his presence. Um, he had a lot of authority, had a lot of influence, and the influence that he had, uh, he was also a great businessman, and I'm not, I'm not here to exalt the lifestyle, but what I am saying, though, he was very savvy with his money, and he did teach us some foundational truths about it, right. taught me how to budget my money today, you know? Right. Uh, but what I do remember is is the level of his authority and power, and we knew yeah. it, um, and we never talked about it. It was something that was very hushed. It, we weren't told to be hushed. It was just a thing that yeah. we did as kids. Um, but we got to witness some very uh, traumatic, if you will, very uh, powerful moments where those entities and spirit would deal with him mm. if his people were messing up on the, on the lower end. Wow. So my experience was very different from... Yeah. From the friends that I had and it go- growing up, it wasn't yeah. something that I talked about so-
0: or even disclosed. So, one of the things I'm hearing is just, you know, with the clientele, with these people that appeared to have their life together still. Yeah. And if that doesn't, you know, if you didn't want, if you were wondering if like our government is corrupt, <laughs> here's, here's some testimony, right? We, just that people can function yeah. in that lifestyle. And so many people, unless they're a part of their inner circle, don't even know anything is going on. As I just, I'm hearing a lot of deception. Right. And so, how did God use, Deception was, did he use kind of what you witnessed to sort of not allow you to see the full um, damaging effects right. of this type of sin in your life? Do you think that 's part of what made you vulnerable to it
1: I think both i mean For, for me, in my experience, let me just kind of add to the mm-hmm. to the answer. Um, For me, the trick bag is when I entered into drug addiction, I had it with the mindset of the upper echelon. I didn't see the local drug addict on the street. Not yet, not at that point. So I became very functional had jobs kept jobs, kept great jobs, had the job at, you know with 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 the business that we had had formed It was the only paraphernalia shop that you could come into and in, at the, the end time that my dad was uh, uh, carteling where you could purchase the instrument and 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 the dope to go in into it, yeah, <laughs> you know he had every cop in the city paid off, he had a liquid asset of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars it was just nuts the the, the, the amount of of drug, uh, traffic that, that he had the influence that he had. So yeah, for me, it was definitely that, but it wasn't until that drug that drug addiction hit for me, rock bottom where I began to take to the streets. So I became a student to that life all over again. Yeah. That way, that criminalization, that criminal way of thinking and living didn't take place until I was deep rooted and stuck in that addiction. Thank God today for oh, the church yeah. because at the, uh, soon after um, he came to his end and that empire fell, um, how we didn't end up in prison was a, a, a whole other act of God, right. uh, for real. I mean, the, the, I can remember the day time to the to the time that I remember telling my dad this. You know, 500-pound deal going on. It was with people we had never met before. It was guys from, 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 from New York we had never met. They weren't part of the cartel. And I, at this time, my dad really began to, to lose sight of the business. Yeah. And so wow. we knew that we were being followed by DEA and FBI for quite some time. So we all knew that the time was coming. Right. How we got out of it, because we were supposed to go down for conspiracy, right, with him. Uh, But uh, somehow in the middle of the day that he that he got caught, there was an intervention by police, not the DEA, but police that pulled him over for a traffic ticket. Mm. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. He was supposed to be in route with what he was going to purchase with his money in in hand on in the vehicle. But somehow. For some reason again here 's this love story coming through That's where God would intervene and cause this to happen when that happened, and He gets pulled over, He calls everybody on one phone call, yeah. everybody gets the message, and we everybody pulls out from from their post, so that wow. to me speaks now yeah. that I can see it so clearly. God's intervention for, for my yeah, life. Yeah, so that's,
0: you're making me think of a couple things. Number one, and I want to say this to all of you, that in those situations, that's where we're reminded that even there, God sees us. And as something that I think was a theme at both youth camp and kids camp right. um, this year. At kids camp, they talked about Joseph, right? And, right. I mean, he was arrested, thrown, thrown in prison, and yet even there, God saw him. Even there, you could see God's grace. And so... I'm hearing examples um, through your story of how, even in those darkest moments, even though it's not ideal, that wasn't God's plan for your life, um, you could see him intervening. The second thing that I want to point out is the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but so often we treat him as if he comes to tempt, uh, trip up, and cause to stumble. Hear what I'm saying. He's not satisfied to make you look foolish or to make you put your foot in your mouth or to get you to fall into temptation. He wants to completely destroy us. And part of his deception is he, he wants to put us in situations where we say, look at that guy. He's got an addiction, but he's a judge, right? He continues to function, And so you can kind of enjoy life, right, and experience all that this world has to offer and still, still, you know, have have a healthy functioning life in some ways. But in reality, he wants to take us to the point where there is nothing left, no no semblance of um, self-worth or value. So tell us how far personally did the the consequences of that sin of drug addiction take you? How much destruction did he wreak on your life oh, through that addiction?
1: There was It was damage after damage it just it, it, once that that addiction took root i mean i, I couldn 't hold on to a job kept getting him couldn 't hold on to it. Um, I lost house and home um, three times three mm. times like everything wow and I, I have a friend here that 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 will witness to you Melida. For, for 20 of those years, I mean, just could not hold on to anything. The only thing that that I can recall having hold of was my word. Mm. But everything else I lost. I still had a yes and a no. I, was, I still was, a, a, you know, a, able to, to, to have some kind of decency and look to this terrible drug addiction that I wore. Yeah. Tried hiding it with a mask, but, but nothing, Pastor. So, yeah. yeah, the consequence was just loss after loss after loss. After a while of, of, you know, chopping my teeth on the ground, I got tired, sick and tired of it. Yeah. And so the love of God that was there uh, drew me back. Wow. That salvation that happened at 1213 d- kept drawing me back to the church. And I remember in 2003, I landed a great job with the local church in Glendale, just a mile from the house. And that is where I really began to just peel this curtain back, these, these walls of, of, uh, of fear and, and uh, depression and drug addiction and witchcraft and things that had attached to me, these names, right? Um, but I fell in love with the church again and began to just serve him. And before I knew it, I was, I was on staff. The church went from 500 members to 2,500 members overnight. It was an electric time. That it was just a great time in church, and there within the church, after a few years, mm-hmm. I began to experience some major upsets with some terrible, awful treatment spiritually. Right. Um, the pastor kind of turned uh, another direction. There was so, mi- so much money coming into the church, this influx, uh, We believe, I believe just my, in my own perception of it that uh, the love of that money really kind of grabbed mm. him. Wow. And so because of it, it began to change the course of the church. People begin to fall away and leave, and leave really hurt, and and so um, without painting a, a terrible picture of the of that man of God, I won't, because he's what what God used him to do in my life today still rings true. Um, but what did happen is um, at the time that this happened, um, my, my my stepfather's reign had ended, right, and uh, we had sold house and home, we got rid of that store, got completely out. God's delivered us out, literally out of that entire way of lifestyle. Um, At that same time, my mom began to take care of children, became partnered with DES and began to run her course of raising children all over again. How you go from cartel to child raising, I don't know, except God, right?
0: (laughs) That Um, probably wasn't one of the questions on the (laughs) application process, like, yeah.
1: Do you have any history
0: yeah. with the cartel? Yeah, yeah. You're qualified. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No. So um, that you know, that began, so many great things began to transpire within the church, um, and I w- went back home to help raise my sister's three kids, became father to them, and then just began bringing the whole family back to church. So one by one, they began, began coming to Christ. Right. Wow. And so at the height of that, um, I was pulled in. To a meeting with three elders. It was a Friday night. I was working full time at USAA, doing great. I was full time at the church, had uh, anywhere from 60 to 100 musicians and singers underneath me with the children's church, the youth church, you know, just wow. running things, and was pulled in to a meeting on a Friday night. And so I get there, I'm exhausted right the week's over, to experience a hurling of accusations. Basically, let me just put it this way. They put me in the category between a pervert and a pedophile. Wow. <laughs> there wasn't a situational occurrence. There wasn't a happening. There wasn't an accuser. There was nobody there except for three elders that had surmised in their mind mm. um, something that was completely contrary to who I, to who my character is, who I am. And I can remember that night, vividly, Pastor um, where I was spiritually assassinated, felt this coldness come over me. Wow. And there was a death that occurred. There was a spiritual dying that began to take place almost momentarily. Hmm. The damage was already done. It was already out there. And so for me to pull back from the church that I had invested so much time in was questionable. Like, how do I, what do I do? Yeah. I remember in the car calling my mom and, and just weeping with her. And, you know, they still kind of, you know, in the world, she's like, give me the number to that pastor's wife. I'm going to get her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I did call you for all that. I'm just calling to let you know. But she knew that her son was not that. Yeah. There's other things that I may had been, yeah. you know, hadn't, hadn't gone into what, what I'm about to tell you here in just a minute. Right. But hadn't, hadn't experienced those things. Yeah. And so... Um, To attack that purity of heart when it comes to child children uh, was an assassination assignment altogether. Right. And so. um, Because at that
0: point, it doesn't matter if you're guilty. (laughs) The accusation is enough. And yeah, that's.
1: And I couldn't reconcile at the moment. Love. There was no. Where did love go? Where did love play a part? Where, where was it in my life? How, how was I to get back to that, 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 that place where God was healing? Right. And so, and, oh, yeah. th- that was, and, and that was really the, 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 the in, insult to the injury is, so my questioning to the, to these elders is, where's is your proof? Right? Where, where, and
0: there was no specific accusation There was no specific right? so accusation They thought you were capable of they, something
1: they thought, Yeah, so yeah. here was the sentence The wow. sentence was We want you to stay away from children We want hmm. you to stay out of Out of uh, sight with them But I'm running the kids show I'm running the youth show And my question to them at the yeah. time Because we were, we're doing this big production for Christmas Is well, what do you, Okay, so here, here are the kids Oh no, 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 we want you to still do the kids program but we want you to stay. So it was so mm. just contrary and contradicting and confusing. And so all those things began to set in, all this worry and fear and doubt again began to take over. And and my, my, my want to run back to drugs was just so heavy. Right. And so I eventually, gosh, a year to a year and a half later, don't exactly remember the timeline, to break away from, from being a, a, a puppet. To, to, I was just a puppet to, to this pastor and, a, and an ace in his back pocket. And so um, I broke away after a year and a half from there. And that's when this spiral mm. began to take place. Yeah. Went back to drugs. Um, and so from there, drug addiction came in again. Um, now I took on um, alcoholism and a horrible gambling addiction, pornography. And then the door Uh, to walk into homosexuality came. Wow. And at the time, so all of these hurts, right, are just mounted up. And now the 12-year-old boy that was molested Mm. now gets to take center stage. Wow. And for a year and a half, um, I lived an unprotected life with a partner. Wow. And so when the time came, to be delivered from this God setup, It was December 31st, 2009. And for the first time, I could hear the Lord. I had been estranged from him for so long at this point and had gone to hell to make my bed. Can we go to that scripture real quick? Mm. Psalm 139,
0: right? Psalm
1: 139. I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Mm. And so for the first time from the depths, he began to call me so clearly and provide the way to escape from that lifestyle, Pastor. He wasn't interested in the controversy that he had had with me, with my lifestyle. He was more interested by his love for me that drew me literally drew me out of this life yeah (laughs) and so fast forward i i get to a place called the phoenix dream center to start putting the pieces of my life together and i took on the spirit of jonah i went twice to the dream center and ran from the phoenix dream center twice and then i thought well maybe a location change will help so i went to the la dream center twice and i ran so it wasn't until the fifth time that I, I was able to actually skid and, and kind of land on, on, on soil. But it took some time and I realized today that all of these addictions that, that began to just right, just take root, it took time to get there. So I realized it was gonna take time to get, to
0: get yeah. out, you know? So don't let me get ahead of you. Go for it. But I just wanna make sure you talk about the moment that you heard God's voice very clearly, and then the banner. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, right.
1: um, when the w- so when when I had broken that relationship off, it was almost two and a half years later that I began to learn that um, my one and only partner died. He had uh, come to learn through a Facebook mutual friend of ours reached out to me. I had been on Facebook for two years and began to see this rest in peace. Message of his. She contacted me and she said, listen, um, has he tried to reach out to you? And I said, yeah, I think so. Maybe over the past couple, six months or so, he called a couple times and hung up. But he was very sick. He'd come down with what, what was pneumonia, what they thought was pneumonia, and stayed in the hospital some four months, got out, went right back in. And it was when he went back the second time that I learned that he had been... Uh, he had been diagnosed with rapid aggressive AIDS. So not just wow. HIV, not just a strain of, of AIDS. It wasn't even uh, stateside. It was a strain uh, away from the country. Wow. Rapid aggressive AIDS kills in, in about five to, five to ten year span. It does not... Uh, unless you can replicate or, or, right? But modern medication does not, there's not a modern medication for rapid aggressive. There is for HIV and AIDS today. You can survive 35 plus years. I mean, Michael Johnson, Magic Johnson, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's proven, right? Um, So when I found that out, it's easy for me to do the math. I had looked up, you know, talked to many doctors and asked, um, clinically diagnosing me, you know, um, it, c- can I beat this? And the answer is no, you can't. If you, if you lived in an unexpo- if you lived an exposed life unprotected, um, the, the ratio, the rate of, of you having contracted it is 100%. Mm. So with that understanding and knowledge, went to the local drug dealer and got a handful of drugs and contacted my mentor because I had enough sense to do that and said, look, I'm here uh, and, and, and I want to die. Wow. So he reached out to me very quickly and called, left a message and called me and got a hold of me and said, listen, we love you, we're going to fight for you, help is on the way, I'll be there tomorrow so that we can get you to the LGBTQ office to, uh, to administer the test and get you the medication and get you, you know. Right. So I remember getting off the phone with him that night, y'all. I was in a hotel room, drug addicted, and began this conversation with, with Jesus. And in that moment, reconciled my life back to Christ, back to the Father, and to repent of all my sins. And so when I began to do that, I closed my eyes at some point that night, and I saw Jesus' name. As a banner hmm. and underneath that name homosexuality drug addiction witchcraft sin everything that I had become the Lord revealed to me were just names hmm. they were just names yeah. and that's how he quantified it and qualified it in my mind and when I'm seeing this but at the same time that I'm seeing his name as a banner I began to shout out, "I marry you tonight." Yeah. I take on the name of Jesus right now, since I'm married to you, when you marry someone, you take on right? You take on your husband's what? Name. Mm. Yeah. And there is where the birthing of this great revelation that his name defeats every other name. It defeated the name of drug addiction, everything. And so I saw this crumbling of the other words to that name. Come on. And there is where it began to birth in me this yeah. real true love wow. that Christ had for me. Yeah, it was, it's pretty deep. But yeah, the name of Jesus really began to come to life at that moment.
0: Wow, wow. And is, is that the moment where you heard, remember you said God spoke two words to you Get out! Remember that? <laughs> you shared that with me over breakfast. It, it
1: was it was very clear, is crystal clear as day. That um, yeah. So at, the, at that time, it was so many things that, that happened that night, <clears throat> but this real faith began to ignite in me. And but yeah, the, the directive was get out, right? Get out. And it was it was just so clear. And so that's what we did. The next day, my mentor came, took me to go get this test, right? And so as they're administering the HIV uh, test to me, I'm, I'm telling the nurse uh, who doesn't know the Lord, he is a gay guy, he's a gay nurse, and, and I'm telling him my, my, my testimony at wow. this point. Wow, yeah. Um, and, and so I give him the entire story of what happened, and so when we get to the end of that test and the results, uh, he looks at me, pastor, turns another sheet white, and so me and my mentor are like, what? <laughs> what, what happened? He said, well, listen, the story you're telling me doesn't match up with your results. Come on. It just don't. Wait, say that again. He, he said the, the story, the testimony you're giving me today about what has occurred in your life yeah. don't match to the results that I have here for you. Come on. He began to say that your T cell count is so high, there's no possible way that you have HIV or, or, or AIDS. Wow. That is out of yep. the picture. That's, come
0: on. <laughs> come on. Come on.
1: And so here is this guy telling me, he said, there's one of two things that, that, that is, that is that if, if this story is true, one of two things has occurred to you or, or, has, or has happened to you. Yeah. He says, number one, there's a percentage of humanity that, uh, that, that can take in a sickness and, and, and because of their blood type, create the antibody. He said, but that percentage is 0.0001% wow. of humanity that, that has that innate capability for things like that to occur. Mm. He said, this one in a hundred million people, do you realize? He said, or or this Jesus that you said you met last night Come healed on. you at the instant that you understood. Yeah. And so either way you look at this, it's, a, it's miracle territory. Either you're that Absolutely. person that has the blood type that, that can create yep. the antibody or or yep. your faith Healed you. Wow.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. That is so cool. So follow-up question here. Modern day culture oh, would would listen to your story and they would tell you that you're living a lie, that you're living in denial of who you really are, and you're simply just depriving yourself of the way that you were born. How do you respond? To that message that is so prevalent in culture today? Well, I
1: would simply just give them the proof that 12 years later, here I am delivered. And, and in the pro, deliverance isn't overnight, y'all. It's a process. You know, there's still very much at times, can I share this with them? Yeah. Sometime, sometimes even today, there's same sex attraction. It does not, deliverance doesn't feel like what it truly is. Hmm. Because on this side of heaven, could that be the thing that keeps me close to the cross? Do you understand? Yeah. And so my process is for that when that happens or if that happens, um, I, I already know that my mind, I will not allow take me to places in thought that my body wants to. Do you understand? Yep. One thing that helped me with that is I became a teacher. I graduated from the Phoenix Dream Center. Um, life Recovery School, right Malina? <laughs> Graduated with success, stayed on on board for a couple of years, just volunteering my life. I just began to, to take on the heart of wanting to, to, to really minister on this platform to, to people that don't talk about this, that need freedom and need to understand what the process is. You know, it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. It has occurred. But his love for me was anchored first. Yes. It was his love for me that drew me out. Yep. Talk about I it. could not, would not, have not mm-hmm. come out of it had it not been for his love breaking through. Come on. So I'll call that, pers- that person that wants to stand in accusation, you're a lie. You're a lie and the truth ain't in you. Because I'm living proof, 12 yes. years later, walk in the process of this thing right. called deliverance and freedom and liberty. Oh, man. It did not happen, church, until I realized the love of God, the depth of yeah. his love for me. That's right. Because I went into hell and made my bed there. Yeah. I made my bed there. I willingly chose mm. to make my bed there. And for him to clearly give me the directive, get out, here's the name, you know what I mean? And, and show me the depth of that love. I begin to now... Just break and fall into yeah. his arms. And now, at this point in my life, he could now discuss with me the corrective things, right? right? But was com- it wasn't coming from a gavel. It wasn't coming from, you know, uh, where I had been, you know, um, really mistreated in the church. You know, it, it didn't come from that place. It came right. from his heart. Come and on. when I began to understand... And get this revelation of the love of the heart of God for humanity, for me, um, now I, I could be delivered. Could it possibly be right. that I could go to deeper depths with him? Because
0: now you could receive could that receive. correction because you knew where it came from. And I wanted it. Right.
1: When I began to understand the power of his truth yeah. and that, how that truth just began to set me free, I wanted more of it. I wanted all of the lies dispelled, every thought process, right? And not to be over spiritual about anything. This has not been an easy road, <laughs> right. but it's been a road worth walking at yeah. the same time. Such Amen. a paradigm that we live um, in, our, in our Christian faith and our walk with God. It's a paradigm. It's because it's not easy. It's not for the limp-wristed, panty-waisted church. The church is not supposed to be that. And we need a platform to begin to to discuss this so mom and dads can better relate to kiddos 12 to 21. Amen. Because let me tell you something about masks. Let me tell you something about what the society wants us to do via TikTok and via social media. Can I say that for a minute? Yeah, please. Uh, they want us to hide. They want us to be a Kim Kardashian, or you know what I'm saying? They want they want us to present a look that really doesn't exist.
0: Uh huh.
1: And if it doesn't, it, it shouldn't exist. Don't talk about it. Mm. You know. But we're also in a society that wants to, you know, from the mountaintops make sexuality identification. In their humanity, in their, yeah. in their personhood. Right. And that's a lie. Amen. And we need to not continue to break to that or fold to that because that's a lie. If we, if we start buckling to that lie the society wants to build as a new construct, yeah. it's not happening. We need to stand as a church. And I really want the opportunity to be able to begin to minister to, to, uh, to this audience and say, listen, man. There is deliverance. There there is power that comes from it. It's not gonna feel the way you think. Yeah. But it does
0: happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can we just give God some praise this morning? Yeah. I think I think the greatest lie and the greatest deception that we face today is that, especially with this particular issue, that it is deeply tied to our identity. And so, therefore, it is untouchable. And you can't change who you are, right? You can't change who you are at your very core. And the, and so, as we take that, and I was just thinking about that because, first of all, church, let me just say, me and Joseph, we're not very different. Um, because you know what? I might not have same sex attraction, but this pastor has looked upon another woman lustfully before. I hope that's okay for me to say, and for you guys not to it's freak out. And, pastor feel like you have to vote me out next year, right? Um, but as a man of God, I face temptation. What if I were to attach that to my identity? Because I have that temptation, I must be an adulterer, or, uh, adulterer right? And that's who I am. And so I can't deny myself. Maybe what that's showing me is that I'm meant to have multiple partners. Uh, maybe maybe I, was, I was designed to be a polygamist. Now you guys are hearing that and you're like, oh my goodness, that's, that's ridiculous, that's insane. But that's the same logic that is being applied to the homosexual agenda, right. the transgender agenda, that if I feel it, if I think it, it must be who I am. And so what we do is we, we come up with these prefixes because, because we, want to, we want to still have a relationship with God because we were created for three connections, right? I say it all the time, uh, God, church, and purpose, and if we don't have that God connection, but we also um, can't let go of this identity thing, and what we feel like we have to do is bridge it ourselves. And so I am, therefore, I am a gay Christian. I am a transgender Christian. Big lie, Right? Mm-hmm. But if you have to put something in front of the word Christian, then that is your God. Yeah. That is your idol. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're trying to conform God to your lifestyle, but the power of the gospel is that when we get his word into our hearts, we are conformed right. to him. Right. We are transformed into right. his image. And yes, right. even that, even that thing which society says is untouchable, his arm is not too short to reach. He can reach right into your situation right. and he can change you even there. And it may not be that that temptation never raises its head again, mm. but... But what God will show you is that is not who you are. You are a son and you are a daughter of God. He created you the way you are on purpose. He gave you his strengths for a purpose. And he also has purposes for your weaknesses. And it's okay. And what I love is we need to understand this, church, is that what we can take away from from, uh, Joseph's story this morning is it is the love of God that changed him. And in order to be changed by his love, we need to draw near to his love and respond to that love. Joseph didn't have to clean his life up first before he came to Christ. He came to Christ, and his love radically transformed his life. Joseph, what would you say to the young people that may be sitting in here this morning or watching online? Maybe they're, even, they're being brought up in church, and they've got a secret And it falls along these categories of gender confusion, identity confusion, same-sex attraction. And they're keeping it a secret. Their outlet is social media. But they're wrestling with what's being taught in church and what they read in the Word of God, with what society says is okay. How can you encourage a young person who is just quite frankly scared right now and they don't know how to respond to these feelings and thoughts that they're having.
1: The first thing I want to say is I understand you. I, I, I feel with you. I understand uh, what it is, what, what it feels like um, in the nurture and the nature realm. Hmm. Okay? We are, we should be moving from an internal, what's innate. Society has done such a work to pull from uh from- n- uh, nature right our environmental mm-hmm. effect uh to to try and anchor identity into but let me tell you this uh, talk about it the f- The more you release this thing uh but also know that the people that surround you love you. We need to talk about this. If you don't talk about it, it stays locked. Mm. And it just germinates and grows. Yeah. The faster that you can get to somebody or some place of safety and trust, right, uh, you will be set free. God loves you. It doesn't matter what, what you've gone through, what you're thinking, that process of... Of, of whatever you're trying to anchor your identity into release it to God. Here's what I can, here's what I can tell you what I know for sure. Mm. You release that thing to God and you let him have it yeah. daily. Yeah. We have 24 hour period on purpose. God gives us a new set of, of graces and mercies and loads us up with benefits Daily. Tap into those things. Start tapping into um, your your father. Tap into what resources are there that we don't see that are there from him. When you start tapping into that and just pray, God, reveal your love to me. Mm. So several things, but I encourage you to to get to somebody that you trust, that's going to hear you and listen to what you have to say. We want, need to give you a voice and the opportunity to be able to do that at all times. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Freedom comes from living in the light. Expose that thing. Get freedom from it. There is freedom. Right. And it happens. It happen, doesn't happen overnight. It, and it might. I don't ever want to diminish God's power. Oh, Never yeah. will. Oh, it yeah. could happen for you overnight. Just didn't happen that way for me. It's a process of life. I'm glad for that, though, because I tell, like I said before, it keeps me close to the cross. Yes. You know, those thorns in the flesh, I'm glad for today because they didn't break me. Come They're on. not my truth.
0: Yes.
1: You understand? I'm, the relevancy of, of, of his love is what breaks. It's my love story to you today. My story is your story. I pray that, yeah. that you understand that this victory... This liberty only comes, right? And it's coming to the body of Christ. We're going to now be a church that is able to talk about this and embrace it and really uh, help set
0: us free. Amen? That's so good. That's so good. I just keep coming back to that phrase, perfect love, cast out fear. Perfect love, cast out fear. God is doing a work in this church, and he's, he's doing a work. He's bringing us to a place where there's no topic we're afraid to discuss. There's no darkness we're afraid to shine the light into. And I just want to say to the parents, perfect love cast out all fear. Don't be afraid. If you've got a child that is dealing with this issue, um, they're not even hardly in the minority today. That's right. Um, Most uh, adolescents are struggling in these areas today. Don't be afraid to have this conversation with your child because you're afraid of the truth. You're afraid they might say, yep, I'm struggling with this. Because guess what? God's not intimidated by it. And so you don't have to be intimidated by it either. If you truly believe Jesus is the answer, then don't let fear change the way you parent. Don't parent your children out of fear. And so what I'm praying is that God will give you the peace of God and give you the ability to have a conversation and a, open an honest conversation with your child um, to where you're not worried about how you're going to react because exactly. you're not going to react. You're going to respond That's right. because the peace of God is ruling yeah. in your life. And, and don't treat this. I think so many Christian parents, we treat this as a spiritual death sentence. Man. And so Speak what happens, and, and this is why you hear so many... Um, I think Christian parents um, compromising and softening their stance against homosexuality because it comes down to fear. I don't believe my child can overcome this. I don't believe that God can, can, can do this work in their life. And so I have to somehow, I can't reconcile that my child could be lost. And so I'm going to then change what I believe because it's the only way I can cope with what my child is going through. Don't sell God short. Don't put a limit on what he can do. What you've heard this morning is a story of God's power. And not everything has gone smoothly. Not everything has gone perfect. And I'm I'm sure one day there's more to the story that Joseph may (laughs) share with some of you and maybe with all of us. But you gotta understand that there is nothing that our God cannot do, do not be intimidated. Do not live in fear over your children. Embrace them because no, you, you are the, the number one person that they're gonna look to to be an example of the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The love of Jesus Christ is gonna change them. If you'll worry about loving them first, then God will take care of the rest. And I know Joseph has something I have to say. To real he's, quick. He's antsy The The
1: love that we're coming from right Agape love—that's the corrective action. Mm. Do you understand? I want you to know that your—you don't have to accept the lifestyle. You accept your child. Amen. You accept them in yes. love, knowing that that love of God that's shed abroad in your heart is yeah. gonna absolutely one hundred percent revolutionize them. So good. Okay. You come from that state of love and let God be God. Let everything else be the lie. Yes. Okay? You let God be God and trust me. Trust what I'm telling you. So God help me. Yeah. With everything that within me. That is the corrective action. Amen. 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 I just wanted now, can I just like pontificate about God real quick? Oh, please. Like so from the dream center to now, how he brought me back here, his
0: Providence,
1: full circle. When I came back here, Tyrone and I laughed because we both said, "I I said, what is this? This is—is this like a return to Egypt?" Mm. And and I said this last week, but the Father said, "No, this is a return home. Come on, this is your home, you know." And so, come
0: on, yeah, (laughs) that deserves yeah.
1: So today, I am a first-generation elementary uh, uh, graduate, high school graduate, college graduate, and now I'm into studies as a 47 year old i'm getting my master's in family and human development and counseling uh, to help kiddos and families with trauma wow god has not only used that pain and turned it into passion he has now turned it into a calling And and Mm. purpose. And so when you just intentionally anchor yourself in God come hell or high water, he begins to just open his bounty to you. He begins to draw you in and in the courts of the Lord, you flourish. Those aren't just words, Pastor, on a page. Yes. My epistle is written for you to read. Yeah. And I want you to know that if there's any questions that you have after today, if there's anything that you feel pressed to talk to me about or ask me yeah. questions. I'm an open book. Um, well, so yeah, awesome. I just want to testify about God. It's it's been up and down. We lost my mom and my sister tragically over the last few years, but life continues to move forward. Yeah. And God gives you a new nuclear family and begin. So life happens, right? Some tragic things happen to us and. Uh, I, get out of the, I get out of the questioning God, why? Hmm. And just look to his love. Come on. Your love is going to get me through this. That's right. This too shall pass. And I'm going to leave you with just a couple quick things. Um, planting and burial look hmm. the same. Yep. You got that? I love that. Planting and burial hmm. look the same. But what comes from them are completely <laughs> opposite things. Yep. Know that that we are, we are planted in Christ. We're also buried with Jesus in our flesh. Yep. But planting and, and, and burial look the same. Another thing, um, I, I, this, was, this is a TikTok thing, and I learned this from just a roundabout of, 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 of a list actors, but it's profound what was said, and that is this too shall pass. Okay? On the, on the mountaintop, when things are great, Life is great, right? So, so many things to praise God about. Understand that that too shall pass. Yeah. When you're in the valley, yes. the shadow of death, and everything is going wrong, and you feel like God is never answering your yeah. prayers, comma, mm. this too shall pass. Yes,
0: amen, okay? amen.
1: Understand that because it really does cause for a great balance yeah. of life. To know that there's good and bad. We're not exempt from it because we're Christians. Yeah. But we do have this grace. Yes, amen. And this mercy and this yeah. love from our Father, the Son of Son for us. It's amen. So
0: good.
1: I love you all. Thank you for hearing me out today. Yeah. Pastor,
0: thank you. How are you, how are you guys doing out there yeah. this morning? Is it, is it all right? So. What touchy it, what, subjects. <laughs> would it be okay if I just asked you a couple more questions? I want you it to. It sounds Come like on, you're shoot. wrapping up, and I know Well, no, I just I don't. Know. You guys are probably hungry, but but hungry. this is this is good. So I just I just feel like I want to address w- what your life is like today, um, because um, I think sometimes people hear these testimonies and they feel like the message is well, it's just gonna be worth it, right? And so I have to suffer and deny myself in this life, but I have heaven to look forward to, which is great, but it's only part of the picture because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. So are you experiencing life to the full today or are you suffering for Jesus <laughs> in, in a hope of just eternal happiness someday?
1: Not a martyr, praise God. No, yeah. don't. God has removed that victim mentality, that victim way of living. That's that's I've got freedom and liberty in Him, right? Uh, the fullness. I want I want to talk about that fullness. It is a cup that overflows. So what I'm seeing this this great effect of God from from pressing in, from believing, yeah. right to just being persistent in in prayer and loving Him and. Moving from uh, experience to experience. Yeah. M- removing that experiential God. He's still experienced. I still experience. But to a relational God. Yes. Okay. That effect has such a magnificent return because now it's just not my life that's affected. Yeah. Now, the people that I, that I interact with, my connections, my friendships, begin to, I begin Thank to see Jesus. life infused in them. Thank and where Jesus. there was death, life comes. And uh, so many great things begin to happen. These great benefits begin to take place. Yeah. Not just for me, yeah. but for the world around me. So good. And there is a world that is dying to know Jesus, y'all.
0: Yeah. The yes. world is
1: dying to know him.
0: Yes. And who
1: is going to do it but us? Amen. Who is going to do it? Who's going to tell them that there's freedom in witchcraft? There's freedom from drug addiction. There's freedom from bondage. Yes. There's freedom from sexual sin. Yes. There's freedom. Yeah. It's only found in Jesus. Hallelujah. Who is going to love an unlovable yeah. world but us? Yeah. Who is willing to be his hands and feet when nobody wants to? Yeah. Who wants to go into the bars and into the highways and byways like my brother back there?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who wow. is willing to be on the street crying out to the people? Yeah. Come to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're only going to find this thing that you've been looking for, this vacuum in your soul that's searching for Christ. Yeah. It's only found in Jesus. That's- and I found he found me I didn't find him I was lost I didn't find Jesus y'all he found me yep I was a 12 year old boy when I was searching amen to figure out this thing that was occurring to me by my brother's older friends yeah even even to the idea that I was born that way
0: Mm. yeah
1: begin to crumble those lies begin to crumble underneath the weight of his name yeah You understand? Yeah. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ today that reaches to the deepest depths of a man's person's soul and says, Jesus loves you. Amen. That's it. Simple.
0: That's so good. It's the good news. That's awesome. Has this been great this morning, guys? So... I... Bear with me, because I got one more thing that I think want you. Come so, on, Pastor. So important, so important. <laughs> I love this it. Was man. Uh, I love you, man? It was an accusation from fellow believers that um, caused some deep hurt in your life, drove you away from the church. Um, now here you are, back in church again. And what I love about that is. He was hurt in church, but he's finding his healing through church. How many of you know that the church was invented by Jesus Christ? This is not a man-made idea. If you could talk just real briefly, Joseph, on how healing it has been to step back into biblical community and maybe maybe even talk a little bit about Rooted and how God has used relationships. Even though it was relationships that hurt you, he's using (laughs) relationships to heal you.
1: Yeah, that, that's such a great paradigm. And, and so when I got here and just began to soak in this thing called home mm. and the idea and concept behind it and the power behind it, uh, Pastor began to reach out to me and, and just so gently began to shepherd me and friend me and love me to a place where I'd not been loved. And replace my b- belief system that a man of God is real. <laughs> mm. And that this love in relationship is real. And so he invited, Pastor invited me to join the, the recent Rooted Group. And, you know, I, I, have, I have a pretty busy schedule with full-time school and, and working as an independent contractor and things. And so I, before I even looked at my calendar, I said, God... If we 10 weeks, this is how good God is. 10 weeks on Thursday, there's nothing scheduled, I'll do it. I ain't doing it otherwise. You know, I need to pay my bills. <laughs> but that's kind of how I talk to God, just real tr- upfront and truthful. Right. And would you know, I look at my calendar, and I don't have one thing scheduled on 10 come weeks come of on. those Thursdays. You asked, he did I it. asked, and he did it. So... I willingly accepted um, the invitation,
0: and y'all family
1: you you
0: all yeah
1: loved me where i where, where I was where I am, and we this group, just almost week one, if you will, like would you agree, just had this walked out of that first Rooted meeting with this, what is going on? (laughs) How can I feel so connected to uh, this group that I don't know nothing of yet? Wow. And then over that course, there were two things that bumps in the road for me Mm -hmm. that pastor just so gently guided me through. Wasn't gentle at the time because it was pretty, but I say that because I speak to the relationship that we have, you know, um, but it has changed my life forever. I I don't know if if I even was able to breathe in this space that I call love and relationship and church and connected to God purpose, right? Uh, And I'm so grateful, Pastor. This church has provided... Uh, what a hospital is to the spiritual life. Yeah, yep. This atmosphere, this worship um, not have nothing to do with me. It's just what is already established by a woman that I'm looking at right now. Over 20 years ago, you were here Pastor Tierney and singing and creating that atmosphere for worship in this church. Amen. This church has a legacy yes, it does. that's been founded and yes, rooted in worship, in good preaching. These yeah. walls are just enamored with the, pre- the presence of God all these years. Yeah. And so walking in and coming here and becoming Part of your family and and being accepted to this extent has just broken every chain, every wall, every dividing wall, every chasm I put between me and God. I used to say it was take a stick of dynamite to get me back into the church. I was so overwhelmingly damaged and destroyed by the church. What I thought was the church. It was now, in fact... The enemies of my soul, mm. the enemies that, were, that have been strategically placed on my life. Yeah. Not to play patty cake with me, church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a real enemy that really wants me dead. Yep. But thanks be to God today. Thanks be to God today that his yeah. incorruptible seed yep. lie deep inside That's of so me good. and us. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for Joseph. One more time. So, I'm going to bring this to a wrap by saying, if you're here today and you relate to any part of his story, maybe you can't even identify with anything he shared, but you can identify with the pain. There's a place here for you, and maybe you uh, have been hurt in church settings. And God wants to bring healing through the very place that brought the hurt because that's the kind of God he is. He's a God who redeems things. And he wants to do that in your life. And when I look at Joseph's life, I feel like it's summed up in Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And, and one day, just out of, almost out of boredom, uh, I looked up the original uh, Greek for the word um, "all," right? or "everything," and no, knowing very, very well it was just going to say "everything," right. But when I got on there, it specifically under the Helps Word Study pointed out that um, "everything" or "all things" refers specifically to each individual piece of a whole. And so it just really got me thinking of the puzzle that our life is. And when you have a beautiful puzzle and it's a finished product, it's a scenic photo or something that, that is beautiful when it's all put together. But there's also those pieces that are just corner pieces. Yeah that you find them first and you set them off to the side because you know they're going to be in a corner somewhere, but they don't necessarily seem like they add so much to the picture. But if you're missing even those those non-colorful pieces, those earth tones, whatever it is, if you're missing it, the picture is incomplete. And God is using even the things you may have brought upon yourself to complete a beautiful work in your life. And without those pieces of the puzzle, the picture is incomplete. God is at work in your life. And so we're about to um, uh, take communion. But before we do that, I just want to give you an invitation. And I just want to thank you for being patient with us today. Because I know that we're going long. um, But how many of you have gotten a lot out of this this morning, right? Even if you you can't, like I said, even if you can't relate with the story, God is encouraging your heart. And um, I just want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Because I believe we would be foolish to pass this moment by uh, without acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is tugging on somebody's heart right now. And he's calling you forth. And he's extending an invitation to you. And he's saying, I see you right where you are. I know everything that you've been through. I know the darkest, most ugliest parts of your life. And I still love you. And I'm calling out to you And as it says in John chapter one, to those that believe in him, he gave the right to become sons and daughters of God. And he's saying, I want to invite you into the family. And if that's you here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you used to, but you've been on the run like Joseph was. And maybe it's, maybe you're surprised that you're even in the room today, (laughs) but God's not surprised. He brought you here today and he wants you to step into a relationship with him. He wants you to find forgiveness from your sins, freedom from the things that have you bound. And he wants you to learn what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. And if that's you today and you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you to him and you want to repent of your sins and you want to put your trust in Jesus for your salvation today, would you just quickly lift up your hand uh, so that we can pray with you? I won't ask you to come and stand up in front of everybody or anything like that, but just right now, just lift up your hand. I see a couple hands. Anybody else? Either it's the first time or you're coming back to him today. Lift up your hand real quick. Amen. I see some hands. Praise God. Can we just give God uh, some thanks? Prodigals are coming home right now. Prodigals are coming home. If you don't know the story, that's the story of the son that basically asked his father to drop dead because he couldn't wait for him to die to get his inheritance. So his father gave him his wish and gave him his inheritance. He went out and he lived life for himself, for his own selfish pleasures. He blew all his money. He destroyed his life. And finally, he found himself at the, the, in the, with the pigs, the lowest point of his life, wanting to eat the pigs' food. And he said to himself, I'd rather be a servant in my father's home than in this situation right now. And the Bible says that when he returned, the father saw him from a distance. And ran to meet him, and today some of you are returning, and he's not waiting for you to come all the way back. as soon as you took that first step and you raised your hand today, the father is running to you today, and he embraces you today because he loves you so much, he knows everything that you've done, all the mistakes you've made, he knows you're disappointed in yourself, he knows you're carrying shame, and he's saying, "Today, I take that shame from you, and I put my coat upon you, and I put my ring on your finger. And I welcome you into the family of God. And so, church, I want to invite every single one of you to repeat this prayer after me as a sign of support for those who raised their hand that we are welcoming them back into the family of God again and back into right standing with Jesus. Jesus. And so, I just want everyone to repeat this prayer after me right now Father God, Father God, thank you. Thank you for seeing me for seeing me for never turning your face away for from me for never turning your face away from me You've seen me at my lowest point you've seen me at my lowest point You know my darkest parts you know my darkest parts You know all my deeds you know all my deeds You know all my thoughts all my thoughts but the grace of God, but the
1: grace of God covers it all, covers it all. The love of God, the love of God is greater, is greater. You, you are more than enough, are more than enough.
0: So father, so father, I turn from my sins today, turn from my sins today. I ask you for forgiveness. I
1: ask you for forgiveness.
0: Wash me clean. Wash me clean with the blood of your Son Jesus. The blood of your Son Jesus, who died on a cross, who died on a cross, to pay my penalty, to pay my penalty, so that I could have life, so that I could have life. I believe He died. I believe He died, and He rose from the and grave. He rose from the grave, and I have resurrection life. And I have resurrection in life Him. In Him, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and I commit. And I commit. To live for you. To live for you. From this day forward. From this day forward. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, let's welcome them home today. Hallelujah. Welcome home. So I want to invite you to stand if you would. And um, we have communion stations at each of these four tables around the room. And so I just want to invite you right now to go to the closest one. You're going to find two cups stacked on top of one another. In the bottom cup, you'll find a cracker. And the top cup has the juice. And we're going to sing a, a chorus real quick as you guys are doing that. And then come back to your seats and we'll partake in this together. Go ahead and lead us, team. Let's go get some. Yeah. You're is what we're about to do uh, because what we're about to partake of represents the ultimate proof of love. Jesus himself said greater love has no man than to lay his life down for his friends. And what we have through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is number one uh, the love of Christ that covers our sins and relationship where he calls us friends. Can you imagine that, being called a friend of God? That can't happen through our own merit, through anything we do. That only happens as a free gift and invitation that is extended to us today. And some of you responded to that invitation today and you stepped into a relationship either for the first time or there was a returning. And what we're about to do, let it remind you just how deeply loved you are because if that's not your foundation, good luck having freedom over sin in your life. But if you have this as your foundation, if, if you understand your identity is in Christ and in Christ alone, then you will walk out the freedom that he paid for on the cross. And so at the last meal before he was arrested, betrayed, unjustly tried and crucified, he shared a meal with his disciples and he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. And they all partake of it together. And we're gonna do that right now. And so Father, we thank you uh, for this cracker that we use as a symbol that represents your body that was broken for us. And we receive it, God, um, thanking you for our healing. Lord, that you took our blow You took our punishment so that we could be made whole. And we honor you, as that song says today. And we partake of it together right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the cracker. And then he passed around a cup with wine. And he said, this is my blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And when we understand how much it cost then we can fully experience the the full revelation of God's love. And that's the love that transforms us. So, Father, we thank you that because you are willing to pay the ultimate price, God, there is no sin that is too great, but your blood covers it all. And I thank you that as we partake of this cup, Lord, we're drinking not only unto our salvation, but unto the death of the old man. Unto the death of who we were before. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And we drink today together unto new life, a life lived in devotion to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. Amen. Can we just give God some praise this morning? Father, bless us today as we go, maybe walk in the freedom that you have paid for. And as Joseph challenged us earlier, may we be the hands and feet and mouthpiece of God, bringing the hope of salvation everywhere we go. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Sunday. We love you. We look forward to seeing you again soon.